All right, welcome back to the world's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Numero uno. And Long Island. Yeah. Long Still Island. trying to get used to the world thing, dude. Are you used to it yet? Uh, uh, no. Struggling? I'm not. I am struggling still. Hmm. Okay. More struggling than the heat in this friggin' studio. I'm friggin' sweating like a stuck pig. <laughs> hey, are you a sweater? And I don't mean the one you wear. No, not really. I'm, I'm a little too... A little too small. Look at you. But I turn on the AC. Wait, so wait, wait, too wait, wait. Small to what, sweat. what does that not, mean? Not in the height, but in like. Weight. What? So if you're fat like me, you sweat. Is no, what no, you're trying no, to say no, no. politely. Listen, listen. Man, Abe. I'm just trying to say wow. I'm a little scrawny. But wait, what does that have to do with sweating? It's because scrawny people sweat. Of, there's not a lot of uh, things. You know, I'm not really. There's moving. not a lot of things? Listen. Abe. Very descriptive. I feel like I'm getting grilled here. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. All right. Now you're starting to sweat. You see that? Yeah, now, start, okay, now I'm sweat. Not this part of the script, but I meant to ask you. Have you ever switched deodorants? Sure. Hasn't everybody? So, Evening ever, of armpit? No, but I'm just saying. Then I switched have, over to essence of shit? Have you ever Have yeah, you ever tried yeah. like, to use a different type and then it doesn't work and yeah. you can smell your underarm? Absolutely. Isn't that nothing worse it's than so worse when you're, re- you're at a party and uh, you realize uh, well, that, the new, party, that the new brand is a complete failure? Well, because, you know, at, at some point it was like <laughs> you hear it's about? like this metal inside yeah. the underarm stuff, right? Ooh, and, you know, it causes cancer. Oh, So I was starting to try to use the all-natural Underarm organic deodorant. Well, it's like you know, you get it at uh, cheap, cheap Johns or something. Yeah, like one of those. Trader yeah, Joe's. Trader Joe's. Yeah, nice, very good. And you pay a pretty hefty penny for of it, of course, because it's organic. But it doesn't work. Of course not. It's organic. And so, <laughs> you know, one the one thing I did learn from wrestling, Abe, you should learn this. Yeah. And and this is true. Yeah. If I learned anything from pro wrestling, it's scripted. It, it, no, it's shave God. your armpits. You keep yourself clean and less smelly. My f- learn that from Captain Lou Albano. You know who I learned that from? Who? Dad, he when said, summer, "Shave your armpits." When the summertime would come, I'd be like, "Dad, why are you shaving your armpits?" He goes, "It makes perfect sense because this is when you sweat the most." So he used he's to shave right. his armpits. He was pretty, he's right. uh, he's a pretty intelligent fellow. There, want to do a quick roll call? A mess in the house. Jay mess. and Will in the house. What's up? Good Jay information. Will? Last show, Jay. Thank you, yes. Jason. Jason. Good to see you, R.J. Hudson. How R. are you? Hey. Loose is here. Wow, we're a little light tonight. All right. And not because I think a lot of people might be battling the Jets because the Jets are on, right? I know. That's all right, Zach. Does that hurt you? No, because Zach is playing. If it was Aaron, do you think we'd have like a little phone right here so we could look underneath and see each pass? What do you think? I don't know. Nah. Yeah, can't you, do it. We did that, a show when Spidey was here last Aaron? year, remember? He put the game on while we couldn't even concentrate during no, the show. No, we couldn't. Yeah, I can't do that. Are you enamored with Aaron being here? No. I can quickly ask why. Are you just so jaded over the so years? Which you, I understand. your partner, Bart Griggs. Yeah. Captain Optimist. Right. I'll give it to him. Along with you. Not really. I'm, believe it so, or not, I'm really not too good at it. I don't it. know if he told you, but we do have a bet. You guys bet? What we did bet. you bet? It's a, he didn't tell me. It's a, 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 a real steak dinner. Okay. And you're invited no matter who wins. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. That's cool. Loser has to pay. Okay. So the bet is this. What is the bet? There's, it's a three-way bet. Three-way bet? Okay. All right. The first bet is, will the Jets make the playoffs? I think they will. Okay, he chose they will. Yeah. I chose they wouldn't. Oh, my God, Mike. Okay. You don't even think they're going to make the no, playoffs? They're not, they're not make what, the is Rodgers getting killed in the first game? Look, uh, no. That's, I'm worried about I'll, the I'll line, but all right, go ahead. The, so you, gotta, you have to just win two or three, right? You just have to win. Right. So there's a way you could, like, they could make the playoffs, but I could still win. That I see, but the if bets. they don't make the playoffs, you clean up. Right off well, the it's, bat. it's only one bet. Okay, what's phase bets. two? What's, what's the, the, uh, is the record? 
So I believe Bart went eleven and seven. Well, it's got to be eleven and six because it's a seventeen six. game right. season. He okay. went eleven and six. Okay, that's I went, reasonable. I right. went nine and eight. Oh my God! Nine and eight Nine with and Aaron Rodgers would be yep. an absolute disaster if they missed the playoffs. It would be the absolute. He chose disaster. them to take first place. I don't know if in eleven wins. East. I don't know if eleven wins gets you first place. I I I, I don't. Th- I don't I think it does. Said they'll finish third. Behind Miami and Buffalo, I'm picking Miami to win the AFC East this year. Two was going to stay healthy all year. That team, no concussions. That team is in great. That team is a beast. Listen, I think the Jets are going to be... Listen, they're a great team. I am... But there's too much... It, it, it's too much, too much going on. Interesting. Listen, they make it, I'm happy. Right. They don't, I, I get a steak dinner, right? Okay. Win-win. All right. I want to get to our guests because I'm very excited. Absolutely. But first things first, Hannibal. Yeah. Podcaster. Yeah. Announced a week ago that he tried to take his own life. And on the video, he showed where he cut his throat and cut his stomach. When they brought him to the hospital, they didn't think he was going to make it, but he survived. Now, we all know that Hannibal and us do not get along very well. When right? did this happen? He, is, this, he said was, it was like three recent? weeks ago before the video, so I'd say a month ago. Is it okay if I make absolutely zero jokes about this? Good. This, that's not cool, man. No, you, what, no, you shouldn't. Hannibal, By the way, Jason, you, bro? What are you doing, man? Jason Morning, the Jets are ahead 13-0 over Cleveland. Zach Wilson should be the starter. <laughs> Dobby was going Dolphins to win AFC. Mitch Seinfeld in the house. How are yeah. you, Mitch? Wait, what's up, Mitch? How's it going, Adam, brother? Don't let me knock you off. No, I'm just push. saying. I mean, there's nothing to even kid around with this. I think that that's terrible. I don't know what's wrong with him. We have suspected that he's got some mental, you know, struggles. He's... There's sure. nothing. There's nothing funny about this, uh, you know. Hannibal. All kidding aside, you know, no one wants you to hurt yourself, bro. What are you? What are you doing, man? Reevaluate. You've done some pretty. You've done some pretty cool things, man. You know. I mean, all kidding aside, take care of yourself. I. I, I have nothing. I have nothing to. I don't like hearing it. Yeah. I don't like hearing who, it. It's yeah, very who, bothersome. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You don't want to hear that type of I stuff. I think that's bad. That's, but that's doesn't bad. mean we like the guy. They, no, of course not. Right. Of course not. But I, I want to make that see, clear, though. I don't, you know. No, I have no use for him as a person, but what is that? I don't want to see the guy hurt himself like that. What are you doing? It's bad, dude. I mean, what did you think when you saw it? I mean, you must have been like, what the? <laughs> I, I, I thought, oh, look, Hannibal's trying to get more views. Do you think he's working no. us on something no. like this? No, he, he tried to kill him. You could see the cuts. I, what it was is wrong. You with know what him? I thought to myself? I thought to myself. What drives him to someone, do that? You know what I thought to myself? Someone should have got you mental health a long time ago. A long time ago. A long because time just ago. like you said, with, and this is saying this respectfully. Yes. You knew something was wrong with that guy. I, I could There's see something, something missing. There. He's got anger and depression issues, and I don't know what to tell him other than get some help. Just get some help. You know, Jason says, "I hope Hannibal doesn't try it again." I do too. Oh, and that's no way to get views. No, it's a, there was a, an attempt of a stupid joke, really. But, I thought it was pretty funny for a but stupid joke. I, I appreciate it, but okay, it wasn't the nicest. Yeah, thing, but come so. on, Hannibal, please take yeah, care of on, yourself and, and get some get well, some advice thing, from those one, who care. The one thing I thought I mean, was kind of moving, he said that when he was in a hospital, he yeah. realized he did the wrong thing because Good. he was going to take care of his dog Piper. He has that little dog that he yes. carries through the videos. Cute I always dog. find that very cute. Yeah, right? cute dog. It's nice that, you know. I'm yeah, always, but think then, about but Piper I, then the I'll next be, time But this I'll happens. be honest with you, and I'm not trying to be funny here. Yeah. I, there's some points I'm concerned. You know, Hannibal goes over the edge. Like, is he has, Piper safe? Is that what you're that's, getting That's what at? I'm thinking. Oh, like, shit, you know what dude. I mean? 
Seriously. You have man. a valid point. I'm being honest. That's a valid point. Yeah. Because if that was a child, the child would be removed from the house. Well, he, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And we all know what he did to his girlfriend, Blaze, right? Yeah. yeah we I'm do. Just saying. Just no, we saying. Know, we know what he did to a random referee because he was mad. No, not according to him. He said it was rigged. Oh, really? Just telling you. What okay, I got you. I don't know. What are you Hannibal, reevaluate, brother. No good. Come on, man. Jimmy? Yeah. You got to tell you something, man. What do you got to tell me? Your sister from California keeps calling me. I'm adopted. I don't have a sister. Your sister that I know you don't get along with keeps calling I, me from How can California. I get along with a sister I don't even have? What are you talking What? Wait a minute. Maybe I do have a sister. Hey, you got a picture? Listen, she goes by the What name. does she look like? She's right up there. Jenny Farrow. Wow, my sister looks Your pretty sister hot. Je- uh, do, oh, don't do that. I'm adopted. I don't have a sister. So Jenny's been reaching out. Okay. And she's been To you? Because she's been trying to reach you and you're well, not. Well, I'm not answering. I don't even answer the phone for you. So Why they, would I answer the phone so for her? She wants to talk to you. I'm not she talking. She wants to come back to New York. Back she, she to might, New York? She might want a guest host once in a while on the show. Guest I don't know. host. That's what she's asking. Really? It's, really? I'm just telling yeah, you. I got a pyramid to smack over her head. Yeah, really. Just try. Now, hold on a second. There's only been six female pharaohs in the history of Egypt, and somehow one of them is my sister. You creative. Jenny. You are very Jenny creative. Pharaoh. Jenny Pharaoh. Jenny Pharaoh. Well, you know what? Jenny, Jenny, who can I turn to? I mean, I couldn't turn to Jenny. Six seven five three zero nine. The number's disconnected. I tried wow. it. No, you didn't. That's what she's saying. Give her a call. What am I going to call her? Hi, sis. Yeah. Hey, babe. It's been a while. How's California? Now, I remember way, way back in some other alternative universe, there was some sort of queen that sat in a chair, and it was the worst thing I ever seen. No, on a serious note. So this one better have my genetics. Do you remember when we were in junior high? Because I'm one of a kind. Do you remember when we were in junior high and in your backyard, and your sister always just come out and try to play with us all the time? That was my brother, and he looked nothing like a female. It was your sister. I remember when she went in the He looked like Samoa Joe. She was, dude, that time we were in your pool, and she came in that bikini. Oh, my God. You would remember that. I was like Jenny Fowler. I told you my sister's kind of hot. I and you have a problem with that? <laughs> I'm trying. Wait a second. You disappeared. You went to the bathroom for like half an no, hour. No, I did not touch yes, your sister. You. I did not. I didn't say you went there in there not. with her. Okay. I said you disappeared into the bathroom. No, I am not I heard with your sister. Squeak, 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 squeak. Your sister I find no. very nice. She's a nice lady. I'm sure you do. She's a nice lady. You probably like her more than me, but let's not get into that. <laughs> she, yeah, go ahead. She's go all ahead. right. Okay, it's all right. Saying. So what do you think? What are the prospects? Is she on next week? Can I go, to, can I go bowling with Marty? She's in California right now. All right. She's going to try to come visit. It's very interesting. Right. August 8th, <laughs> which is Tuesday, 10 p.m., we have a live watch along, a dark side of the ring finale. If my Marty phone works, Gennetti. we have a watch. I think I should be with you for this one. We'll Can I physically it. just be next to you for this one? We'll see. We'll is that try possible? To yeah, it is possible. Thank you. August 9th, special Wednesday. Very excited. This the is... great Todd Gordon. How did you pull at that At 7 off? p.m. Todd's a big I fan of the show. Todd big Todd. Big fan of the show. I, In I, fact, he was naming. Love Todd Gordon. He was naming interviews, and he says he hopes he could top this. He hopes he could top that. And I said, Todd, oh, you'll Library, of course. Wow, Mr. Gordon, God, you're the man. Todd is God. Oh, that's he is. That's fantastic. August 10th at 7:45. That's the Thursday. Sal Carrente coming back. Sal's coming back at 7:45. Great. Great. And then right after that, on the main show next Thursday, we've got Barry Horowitz returning. That's incredible. We got a lot going on. September 15th in studio. 
Manny Fernandez dude, to return. Dude, dude, we got a lot to talk about. Do you Manny sleep? Man. You're working. There's, there's it. more coming. You are working it. Barry Windham back on September 17th at 11 a.m. Awesome. September 29th, PN News. Uh, Very cool. Best friends with Mike uh, Michael yeah, Mantor, Mantor. Yeah. Uh, coming in studio all the way from Europe, guys. So be there for that show. That's awesome. Uh, September 29th, Duke the Dumpster Trophy. I, I, Duke the Dumpster Trophy. I can't believe it. You Is know, it Drozzi how, or yeah, D R O E S E or something like. But um, didn't Duke like? Duke, wasn't Duke trying to get on years ago? Yes, that's pretty cool. Awesome. And here's we, one I like. Well, hold on. Also, that same day, we've got T.J. Hopper coming in. I just haven't put it on yet. Okay. I'm trying to see what the schedule is. And then we got Doink the Clown returning. <laughs> just Doink, though, not the other guy. Right. Doink. Right. Right. Nice. Ray's cool. Well, it ain't friggin' Matt Bourne. No, obviously not. So we're br- <laughs> How many Doinks were there, though? Wasn't there? Your wasn't friend Steve, Steve, wasn't friend Steve Kern was My there. friend yeah. Steve Kern? How you doing there, Steve? <laughs> How's your corn kernels doing? Are they passing by? Just passing by. Paul London in studio. Very cool. Very excited about that one. I want some Brian Kendrick while we're at it. But then, oh, we'll you know, try. We'll go with We want to thank London. the band that sings the theme song for Monte Farrow and Jimmy Farrow, along with his part of Mark Riggs. Wake up the band, Wisteria Hall, Wisteria Hall. Sing such great songs as In My Dreams. This Life, Not Far Behind, and the theme song for the Monte Farrow. Riding high. Very nice, very nice. Monte Farrow can be seen on the Monte Farrow YouTube page, where you... Like and subscribe, and then, of course, you switch on over to the Monty and the Faro YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, and become a member. Go on the Monty and the Faro Facebook Live page. Hear us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor. Catch us on the Monty and the Faro Twitch TV page. And if you're lucky enough to live in New York, you can catch us on Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. And Saturday at 11.30 a.m. And Channel 20 Tuesday is at 7 p.m. Where over 150,000 people watch us weekly, where the they will contract? catch this one. What's up with the cable contract? The cable contract is up August 14th. So Shh, it, this whoa. is a very tough time for me, uh, a season, because it's a lot of negotiating, a gotcha. lot of problems. So I got gotcha. you. Like, happens every year. It's a I real gotcha. headache. All right. Um, and also, reminding everybody, we are on the Intuitive Network. Jimmy, what's Intuitive? That is spelled I-N-T-I-V-E. Intuitive. Get into it. It's got... Shows, it's got documentaries, it's got the flagship program, Monty and the Pharaoh, and it's just adding more and more content and, as and the it, weeks go a, by. It's a free app, too. It's free. It's, you can't Download free. that. You can't beat fantastic. free. It's fantastic. My God. You can't. We'll be back with what we're calling the unsung heroes that made the stars. Um, we have David Isley, who I'm very excited to speak with. Yes, sir. Um, and Tommy Angel, but Tommy's having trouble, so it might be right. David alone. What? Tommy's here. Tommy's in. All right. Beautiful. Tommy is here. I am very excited for these two gentlemen, the unsung heroes who made the stars, Jimmy. We shall return in one moment. Hang in. Ah. Manscape. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says Weed Whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscape. What are you thinking about Love Manscape, it. dude? Love it. What do you use it for? Necessity. <laughs> what don't I use it for? Put it this way. The only hair <laughs> I have on my entire body is these eyebrows. Yeah. That oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. <laughs> that is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the so, pick. Manscaped, 
there's a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. <laughs> Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we, as men, we try not to admit this. But if you're going to uh, go do I a know deed it. on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair, racing stripe, or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush? <laughs> racing well, stripe. Retro bush is out. Yes, thank you. Retro bush is out. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald, mm. then I, I start, where is that pedophilia line that yeah. I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. That's very interesting. Like that. I never thought about wow. that. You're a smart dude. Holy yeah. shit. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is, has, like I said, well manicured, yeah. you yeah. can see both sides. It's not like blinking lights on both sides of the plane. I just don't, I don't want, <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that gotcha. as well. Gotcha. Yeah, oh, look but, what you found. Ooh. I got to be all honest gotcha. though. Hey. The, ah. The, the older I get, though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as. Uh, I as, found it. Have, I found have it. Have you ever gone down there and like just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is retro? Just, Absolutely. Retro? You're like whoa! Wow, yeah, like, I'm like it pops out. Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, try, I muster through. I muster up the you courage to get through. He's a trooper. Yeah, he's a trooper. Gotta give him an A. Yeah, not all not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I hear you. Uh, there you listen, go. I couldn't. Super Bush. I couldn't say it. Well. If you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, with that, Ron we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, and we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a dropkick second. Uh-oh. A dropkick. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty Nefaro. We have our special guest, David Isley and Tommy Angel. How are you, sir? What's up, guys? Thanks hey for there. joining us. Hey there, hey there. Hey there, hey there. <laughs> What's going on, gentlemen? Hey, guys, for our newer fans, can you, can you tell our fans about you, guys, about you guys and how you got into pro wrestling? Take it away, Tommy. You hit it first. Tommy, I can't hear you, brother. Uh-oh, we lost Tommy. We see him, but we can't hear him. David, how about you while he's working on that? Yeah, yeah, great. Um, you know, I started watching wrestling back in 1975, um, you know, and I'm kind of dating my age now. And, you know, at that particular time, you had, you know, the, down here in the Mid-Atlantic area, you know, you had your Black Jack Mulligans, your Wahoo McDaniels, your young Ric Flairs, your uh, young Dino Bravos, Tim Woods. Um, you know, I, I watched up, continued to watch that on a daily basis or a weekly basis when I could. Uh, it came on Saturdays. Um, you know, and when I started getting into wrestling after I fell in love with it, um, I started working for uh, Ricky Steamboat at his gym, Mid-Atlantic gym in Charlotte. And that was 1984. Um, so I started working for Ricky and the guys were coming in and out of the, um, out of the gym to work out. Uh, I became, you know, great friends with Hector Guerrero and uh, downtown Denny Brown 
former NWA junior champion. You mentioned Barry Horowitz a few minutes ago. He was in there working out at the time as um, Bret Hart. You know, I remember Pez Watley coming through there, Scott Hall coming through there, as and Spivey as the starship. And then um, I got introduced by Gene Ligon, where I lived over in Concord, North Carolina, a subdivision kind of like outside of Charlotte. Uh, and Nelson Royal was coming over there to work out. Um, so Nelson had told us, or Gene had told myself, um, who I ended up tagging with later on down the road, that uh, Nelson was going to be starting a wrestling school, his first wrestling school. Uh, Jim Crockett was looking to break in some guys. He needed some guys to come in and start working on some spot shows and some, you know, some uh, TV shows occasionally. And uh, one thing just kind of led to another, and that's kind of how how I started work, you know, working uh, with Jim Crockett Promotions. Uh, being old school fans, we obviously know the name Nelson Royal, but some of the newer fans who watch our program may not. Yeah. Can you can you fill us in on Nelson Royal and what it was like working with him? Uh, you, you know, and here's the thing, you know, we were trained by Nelson Royal and Gene Anderson. Um, you know, those two guys were synonymous back then, you know, in the, um, in the, in the territory days, the Andersons, uh, just had so much heat, uh, back when I was growing up and with Nelson Royal, perfect. There's a great picture of Nelly right there. Nelson had a ranch up in Mooresville, North Carolina. You know, Nelson trained us the old school way. I doubt very seriously. They trained up, you know, trained the guys now. Um, how they're, um, how, how they trained us back then. You know, I remember, you know, running through a cornfield, uh, you know, just running, running laps around that cornfield for the tryout that day. And he just, you know, they were wanting us to quit, you know, which we didn't. Um, you know, we had a lot of guys, you know, cu- coming through that camp, uh, out of Nelson's first camp. Some guys that, you know, that, you know, like, like myself, Tommy, you know, Rick, Ricky Nelson, um, John Savage, who was the barbarian's brother, jamming Mitch Snow, who came through there. Uh, Todd Champion, Curtis Thompson, and a couple of names uh, that you may be familiar with is um, Ken Shamrock and John Laurinaitis. Oh, sure. Tommy, yeah. how's your audio? Are you with us, brother? Can you hear me? Yes, ah, sir. Perfect. Well yes, done. yes, we can. Tommy, why don't you tell my, us about my, t- tell us about your beginnings with wrestling? My, my apologies for the technical difficulties. That's okay. Operator error, probably. I'm a You're subscriber and also a member of Money in the Pharaoh. I love you Check guys. That out. Oh, thank you, sir. Check thank you so much. Out. Very kind thank of you, you, sir. Very kind of you. Take us to the beginning, Tommy. What what made you get into wrestling, and how did it start for you? I was in the military, the 82nd Airborne at Fort Bragg, and I came to an end of my four years in 1985. I had a choice to reenlist. I wanted to be a helicopter pilot. I was going to go into a warrant officer school, but also I was working out with a bunch of uh, knotheads or powerlifters, local gym and I was like you know wrestling seems pretty cool um I probably get more chicks so I I, I ETSed out of the military and uh about within a year the same person that got Dave into the business we used to go down to Fayetteville Cumberland County Arena when the NWA came by and Gene Legan was there we talked to him and Don Carnudo said we dude how do we get into business we're like you don't want to get into business you don't understand it's like no I, I really do and, he's, and Gene told us Nelson Royals getting ready to open up a camp in Mooresville. I had no idea who it was. I only watched a little bit of wrestling as a teenager. I knew Hulk Hogan. So I followed up with a call, and uh, we set up a tryout with Gene and Nelson at the ranch Dave spoke about in Mooresville. And it was the St- Italian Stallion was there and a couple other guys to there to work out with us and try to discourage us from going. We had to pay like 350 bucks. You know, we do wind sprints up and down the hill. We had to carry a guy around our back in a cornfield. I was like, this is, it was easy for me. I just got out of the military. I was in the best shape of my life. 
Right. This, um, we went through all that for about two or three hours, and then we had to get in the ring, and Stallion was trying to shoot on me, and I was just cock-strong, steroided up. He couldn't pin me. He was getting pissed <laughs> off. And uh, so basically they told us after that, uh, you guys on this side line up over here, you over here. You guys have made our school. It's a camp. It's going to be four months long. Here's the deal. They didn't smarten us up till about the last week. Told us that, you know, it's all a, a work. But what had happened, Jim Crockett Promotions realized their television ratings were um, not where they needed to be at that time because back then they just, the top guys came out and squashed job guys and there was no interest in following the television programming. So they wanted to get a, a group of young talent that was more competitive for the shows. And that was us. We were the first first class, David and I and a bunch of guys. And well, I tell you what, we worked out every weekend. I ended up moving to uh, Mooresville, living on Nelson's ranch. Just, we worked out all the time and it was became our lifestyle. But Nelson and Gene gave us a great perspective. Nelson, a nine-time junior heavyweight champion, it's babyface. And obviously Gene was a heel with uh, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. So we got both perspectives of the business. And what uh, a wealth of young guys. And we, we knew our role. We went in and we were just going to put guys over. But, um, you know, as, as our careers advanced, we can talk about more later. But they, the more trust we got with the top guys, the more they gave us. But, um, boy, it was, it was really something. I've always wondered what makes a person become a pro wrestler. Did you guys question your decision in those early days, those training days? Like, you know, was there a moment where you thought to yourself, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> I, I know I did not. Um, you, you know, maybe later on down the road when I started, the aches and pains started uh, being a little more prevalent. But, um, gosh, no, I, I was some of the best times of my life. And, and, you know, being able to travel and see places and get to know people, uh, no, I, I didn't think twice about it. Tommy? No, I, I didn't question it either. I mean, it was exciting to me. I was just out of the military, 22 years old, the world in front of me. And I'd, we all had aspirations of being top guys, being marquee names. But, you know, that was obviously that didn't work out. But, you know, we loved the business. We loved the guys we work with. And Nelson and Gene perfected our, our craft. You know, it was we learned the psychology of the business, which I think is lost. You know, right. it's how to engage an arena full of 10, 15, 20,000 people and draw them into the story, good versus evil. And you can feel those emotions going up and down. And that's, that's intoxicating. Mm, for sure. Tommy, first of all, I want to say thank you for your service. Yes. And thank you for what you've done for this country. Yes, so I think that I needs to be said. appreciate that. Thank you. Um, speaking of that, hot subject from our show. Um, if you watch our show, we try not to talk too much wrestling, right? We, we, we try. try. To, we want to know the insides of, of the wrestler. But Absolutely. I guess the question I have for you and, and David, Manny Fernandez, we're huge fans, and we're huge fans of what he also has done for this country. But from him being on our show, um, he ha has recently taken, and in the past, yeah. for getting quoted as stealing valor, right, stolen valor. I wanted you guys to weigh in, uh, especially you, David, on your thoughts on stolen valor in wrestling, and then specifically to Manny Fernandez and Tommy too, coming and straight Tommy. out of the the service into the wrestling right, business. Absolutely. Okay, you're going to have to help me out here on the stolen uh, on the stolen valor. Well, the story is is that Manny, who's a well known uh, veteran, some folks claim that. He didn't really serve at all, and he's lying. Okay. 
Yeah. You, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I have heard that story as well. Okay. Um, you know, quite, quite a few times. Um, you know, it, it's like impersonating a police officer. Um, mm. why, why in the hell would you want to do it? Um, right. You know, that, that that's just my thought. Um, you, you know, Manny was a, uh, a hell of a worker, hell, hell of a worker inside the ring, a- outside the ring. He could be a little a little hard to handle at times, uh, especially in the bar um, at, you know, at certain times. But, uh, but you know, always in, in the ring, he was always extremely professional, never, uh, never, never hurt me one time. Uh, you know, he, he was very solid. I knew he was there, but, um, you know, never, never hurt me one time. But, but, it, but again, getting back to the stolen valor, um, I've heard that story. I've never had a conversation with him about it, but. Uh, you know, why in the hell would you want to do it? Manny Strikey was a genuine fellow in the in the days you knew him. Like, what's your gut read? I know that's putting you on the spot. I'm sorry, but I mean, you know, right. I, I felt Manny was very genuine when he was here. I didn't feel that at all. So I'm asking you. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I never had a lot of conversation um, with, you know, with Manny too much. Okay. Um, you know, I've heard from some other people, you know, that, he could be a little shady. Um, okay. That that's what I have. You know, was he ever shady with me? No, I never had any be- business dealings with him except for inside the ring when we had a match together. But um, I, I I've heard the stories as well, just like I'm sure everybody else has. Gotcha, Tommy. With your service, I'm sure that this is a uh, fairly uh, sensitive subject. What do you What do you feel about it? Absolutely. Um, as a as a veteran, I'm also a disabled veteran. Is that when you sign the dotted line, you you put your name out there. You, you, you're sworn it's to protect the Constitution of the United States of America from domestic and foreign terrorists or enemies, and we're, we're experiencing it right now. So to someone to impersonate that, it's it's a desecration of all the people who have died serving this country. So it, I'm not very favorable for those. As far as Manny, I mean, I've I actually lived with him at one point, but he's been such an influence in my professional life and the pro wrestling. I can't thank him enough. We He'd work out with us for hours. I never had the opportunity to vet any of his background. I didn't know. I heard the stories, too, but I just, you know, I take a man at his word. But I, I'm not sure, truth Fair be enough. told. How, but, how about you know, the lighter side of a, it? I'm going to call it the lighter side because it's not as touchy as the Manny Fernandez subject, who will be in studio again. Yes. Which I could, Looking one forward. Of the I love grades. Manny, period. How about a gentleman like Don Canoodle or Sergeant Slaughter who went as far as to say that he was a Marine, in my belief, was just to protect his character and he didn't realize what he was really saying. But would you guys be able to weigh in on that? You mean on uh, on Canoodle and Slaughter? Yeah. You know, I, I, guess, you're, I guess you're insinuating that, you know, with, with those guys being in the service... Well, Slaughter did say he was a Marine, and again, as being a fan, I was a huge Sergeant yeah. Slaughter fan, I kind of yeah. feel like he was trying to protect his gimmick. Yeah, is business business sure. when it comes to something like that? You know, I, I've only been around Slaughter, you know, a handful of times, never really had any real in-depth conversation with him, but as far as Don Cronoble goes, I was around Don multiple, multiple, many, many times. Um, always a very stand-up, uh, stand-up human being. Um, I loved him and his brother Rocky, um, Rocky Cronodal. Um, I, I love both those guys dearly. And um, as far as being class acts in and outside of the ring, you know, Don Don Cronodal was always a class act. Did you keep a relationship with Don? 
You know, um, the only time really that I ever saw Don, uh, he lived up in Burlington, North Carolina, uh, not, not too far from us. Um, but um, I kept in touch with Don, certainly when he came to the Fan Fest and the you know things of that sort that they're having up in Charlotte. I would run into Don occasionally. Um, you know, Don ran a few little small independent shows up around the Burlington area where he was very well known, you, you know, with some car dealerships and that. You know, at Slaughter came in to help him out. You know, Gene Liggett and I, when I started wrestling uh, with Gene under the, uh, the Thunderfoot mask uh, in 1991, Don started promoting a few shows here and there. And I, you know, I saw Don then, but, you know, it would only be after, uh, you know, probably, you know, maybe once a year that I would run into Don and, uh, and Rocky. Tommy, you come home from the military. How do you explain to your family members that you're going to be a professional wrestler? <laughs> uh, my father was a career Marine officer. Uh-oh. And when oh, I told boy. him I was oh, getting out boy. of the military, he said, what are you going to do, son? I said, well, I'm going to go in the world of professional wrestling. He said, you're, you're a dumbass. He said, why would you want to go? <laughs> Were you surprised at that response? Because I'm not. <laughs> no, because he said, look, when you, if you retire, I went in at age 17. I would have retired at uh, 37, and I would have had a full benefit Ooh. package. But I said, Dad, I'm going to make millions of dollars. I'm going to have women everywhere. I'm going to drive fast cars. He said, you're still a dumbass. So uh, okay. that's part right. of my story when I wrap up my career. But he, they supported me. But uh, I just told them, you know, this is where my heart is because I when I went in the military, I was about two hundred pounds. When I got out, I was about two sixty. Wow! And they they knew I was been training and working out, and you know, I wanted to grow my hair out. And obviously, God punished me for wearing a mullet. There you go. Uh, but, don't you hate when that happens? God makes some perfect heads, and he covered the rest you. of them with hair. There you go, there brother. There you go. Dave, how about you? Did your parents send you to a psychologist when you told them what you wanted yeah, to do? Yeah, you know, I think, as my mother would always say, this too shall pass. <laughs> um, but, this is rough. You know, but I stayed in it you know, for, 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 for quite, quite a long time. Um, you, you know, luckily we had some, you know, I, I had something else to fall back on, kind of a plan B, but, um, you know, Again, some of the best times of my life. I mean, you know, I, I think as I, you know, I still, you know, occasionally will run into Arn Anderson, another another great human being um, that, that doesn't live too, too far from us. And we pass messages back along, you know, here, here and there to each other and saying hello, this, you know, through through various people. And, um, you, you know, just um, meet, meeting people like Double A, I mean, you know, who I can't say enough positive things about in and outside of the ring, just a... Those are the kind of people that made, made made the business fun. Since we're talking about the Andersons, I got to ask. Since I got you, did you ever come across uh, the notoriously known as the, one of the biggest wieners in the business, Oli? You know, that's a great question. Yeah, you, you know, one of my very first matches at TV that I had down in the Atlanta WTBS studios, which was every morning, I think around nine o'clock. Um, on Saturday morning. A great a time to have a wrestling got, match. Sorry to cut in like that. Nine o'clock in the morning? That's great. Nine o'clock in the morning at WTBS uh, down on Techwood Drive in Atlanta. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of those times, the guys would just be coming in from the bar, you know, about that time. The top Nine guys at that particular time. Um, you, you know, but only you know, where we kind of have what you would call the gorilla position uh, down at WTBS. It was myself and an, another guy who came through camp with us named Larry, Larry Stevens, Lawrence Stevens. And and Oli was um was tagging with uh, with Arn, and he knew he must have known that 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 Lawrence and I were one of uh, Gene's students because 
he he punched the wall or the the the, the wall right in front of us uh, and said, "I'm in a shitty mood today, and I'm going to kick somebody's ass." And um, we got out in the ring, and when we locked locked up. He was just as light as a feather the whole time. <laughs> okay. okay. So I'm sure he was just, you know, kind of, uh, you know, just, just kind of pulling a rib on us. Well, you guys obviously both worked up here in the north where we are and, and down in the south. Well, yeah. we ask other wrestlers on their payday, we know that there's a difference. Yeah. How astronomical, I'm not sure. Maybe you could spell it out for me between WWF well, and Mid-Atlantic. If I get to say it on that, yeah. right? So. Again, we don't know anything, right? So, we, we, yeah. you know, we're assuming that when they worked in the Northeast and Madison Square Garden, some of these paydays are really big. And we know when Hogan was around, that card, everybody on it oh, was sure. making some good money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, money. like, Tommy Rich, who we love, for example, he'd say he'd be working the Omni. We'd be like, oh, what's a payday in the Omni or what's a payday here? And he'd say, oh, it was a ton of money, $5,000, $6,000. I'll ask you guys. Was the money that good down south? Like, what was a typical payday for an Omni match? Well, just Wait, for, for we did TV, we had a uh, we were getting rocket, you know, uh, just this, this one hundred and fifty dollars to do television. And then Vince saw what we were doing down there and development wise, and he he recruited us to go up north. Nelson called us all into camp and said, "Look, McMahon wants to use you guys. You ready to go?" And we we're like, "Yeah." He goes. Jim Crockett may not let you guys back on TV. I said, who cares? Um, so we went up there. That was That's the only familiarity I had with the wrestling business was WWF. Well, Vince didn't give you 150 bucks, I hope. No, he, he he doubled, tripled that. Plus, he fed us buffets while we were there. He flew us up yeah. per diem. So it was Good. like we were rock stars. We went up there and said, you got to be kidding me. Correct. And the you, first you know, day that I'll, we I'll tell a quick we, story on that. Um, you know, back in those days – you know, guys taking a superplex off the top rope, they would pay us extra, which they called bump bump money. Wow! They they would pay us extra for for taking those types of bumps. Get out! Um, back in, really? back in back in the day, um, I, I think Tommy, I, if I remember correctly, when you got your hair cut by Beefcake, they 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 uh, they paid you extra. So the paydays were much better working for McMahon. And I'll never forget, we were getting ready to leave on the way out the door. Uh, to head back to the airport, Bobby Heenan came running up to us, and there was about I don't know six six of us, six six of us that had been up there doing TV. He gave us a hundred dollar bill, not each, but a hundred dollar bill. He said, "Guys, thank you so much for, for coming up here and making our guys look awesome. I know this is not much. Take this hundred dollar bill, split it between you, and buy buy a couple of beers on the way home." Wow, very nice. Yeah, wow. that first day yeah. we went to WWF television. We're walking in, we're scared, we're excited. And Vince McMahon walked up and said, introduce himself. He said, yeah. it was George South, me and David. And he goes, hey, George, hey, Tommy, hey, David, we're so glad you're here. And, and he walked away and was like, he knows our name. That's crazy. Jim <laughs> Crockett wouldn't even acknowledge that we were alive walking through the dress no, room. not at all. And then I did. I got Brutus the Barber cut my hair. I, I had to think about it. I was like, they wanted to cut my hair because it was so long, my mullet. And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, your hair's going to grow back to the um, makeup artist will trim it up for you. I was like, okay, they give me cash. And then, and then two tapings later, the British Bulldogs, I was working them and he suplexed me off the top rope. And I went all the way across the ring and my feet almost hit the other corner. And I'm, they said, Hey kid, they want to see in the back. I'm like, Oh man, they're going to fire me already. And he had a whole bunch of money. He goes, I never seen anybody fly that high in a ring. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah. He goes here. Thank you. Wow. 
That's cool. So what do you guys think when you hear all the negative stuff about Vince? It sounds like your experience was uh, not bad at all. Uh, I, I mean, I, I never had anything but positive. I mean, you know, have, have we heard the stories like everybody else? Absolutely. But, um, you know, he was always extremely professional. That that was one of the most professional uh, operations that I had ever seen. And, and to Tommy's point, Jim, Jim Crockett uh, just treated us like a, you know, j- just like another person on the street. I mean, the boys in the back treated us very well because they all knew that, I mean, if you ask Ricky Morton, Ricky Morton would say, well, you know, they asked him one time who, you know, who was the best worker on the card? And he said, well, everybody, everybody could work back in those days from the underneath guys to the top guys. They all could have a match. So they understood why we were there. But if you ask a guy like Art Anderson or Ricky Morton about, you know, what we were there for, a good underneath hand, a good enhancement talent can either make you or break you on television. Sure. Absolutely. Did, did you ever, now you're saying everybody was really treated you well, which makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Was there any top stars that really thought they're high of themselves that treated you poorly? You mean on, on you know through the NWA or either or either or either or? You know, I think there was just a lot of egos back in those days. There was probably a lot of testosterone flowing around through the locker rooms. Could be. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of a lot of egos back in the days and. Uh, you know, I don't really recall that any 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 one person was you know treating me any differently or any better. You know, you, you know, but you get a guy like Jimmy Valiant who's just a sweetheart to everybody. Um, you, you know, you know, a quick story about Jimmy. I had just gotten through, I think, working with with Manny and uh, and Rick Rude. Rick Rick Rude could be a little you know could be a little careless at times. Um, but when I I had to work you know I had to work again on TV and I was working I working against uh, you know the Boogie Woogie Man. He came up to me and said. Hey, kid, I saw your last match. I promise you, no potatoes. The only potatoes I'm going to throw in this particular match is sweet potatoes. So, <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, like that. so that when you work with Boogie, you know you're going to get taken care of. Very nice. How about you, Tommy? I had personally no one ever treated me that way, but to David's point, there were a lot of egos, and those guys, they some of them believe their gimmicks, and if anybody was a threat to their, their gimmick or their ego, they were – they just kind of went out of their way to cause some stress, but I, I never did. I think that to Dave's point to Arn and some other guys, the best compliment we ever got is underneath talent, even though we never made it, was you're a good hand. They trusted us. Right. I've been a first match on television for The Undertaker, for Arn and Tully when they went to WWF. And it yeah. just to me it speaks volumes that they trusted me that much because Arn and Tully came up to us and said, look, we got you guys in the first match. We're so glad it's our first match debuting in the WWF because there's so many tag teams up here, the Rougeos and all the others. And he said, we, we trust you guys. Thank you. You know, we're going to mow you down. I said, yes, sir, let's do it. And he said, well, I appreciate it. And uh, we went out there and, you know, they, they threw us around and beat us up, but it was, the whole point was to make them look like superstars. And they were very happy. Guys, I have a fan out there. We call the first lady of wrestling, Maria Davis. Maria. She'd like to know, who was your favorite wrestlers to work with? Oh, wow. You know, I, I would say, you, you know, and, and a lot of these are not even on, on video because they were all done. You know, I, I remember back in the day, you know, when uh, Rob Russell and Sal Parente were, were booking um, Australia, Sydney, Australia. We were there for three weeks. I probably had the best match of my career over there with um, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. I was the champion of the IWA over there and, and Paul, Paul and I, I probably should have quit then because that was probably the best match of my career. <laughs> you, you know, he, he was great to work with. 
Um, you know, I would say uh, again, you know, rock, rock and roll, Tully and Arn. Um, you know, they, 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 you know, the Midnight Express. I enjoyed working with uh, with Dennis and uh, with Bobby Cornette out on the, you know, on the outside. You know, Big Boss Man, Big Bubba Rogers. Um, I, you know, but then again, I also liked, you know, working with a guy like Brad Armstrong, who's no longer with us anymore, and who actually went out there and, and wrestled and, and had a match. Uh, that that's the kind of guys that I enjoyed, you know, enjoyed working with. Tommy, man, uh, I'm the same way. I mean, every one of them, you know, we we had such a good rapport. We all had great matches. But to me, my favorites in the WWF was Kurt Henning. He always made me look like a champion out there. And Barry Wednesday and WW, WCW, he was first class. I mean, we trust each other and, you know, he'd give me stuff that I probably wouldn't give most guys at my level. So, but everybody had respect because they knew we weren't going to hurt them and we'd make them look good. And they trusted if they did, we did things with them. So we're just blessed. Um, Tommy, is it fair? One thing I will say, guys, one thing I will say about, uh, you know, I had a match in uh, on TV in the WWF with uh, uh, Ted DiBiase and Virgil on the outside. Ted and I were going over the match in the back, and he asked me if I could take a stand in suplex. And I looked at him, and I said, are you joking or what? Mm. I said, are you kidding me? He says, no, man. He said, I, I don't know who you are. He said, you wouldn't believe the guys that I run into up here that tell me they can do something, and they can't. And he said, who trained you? And I said, Nelson Royal and Gene Anderson. He said, oh, okay, kid, you're all right. No, no problem. I'm sorry. When – Nelson and Gene trained you, and you guys were traveling, whether to go to WCW or the WWE. Did they get a piece of your action, or did they get paid for setting you up, like, separately? Yeah, I, I think, Tom, Tommy, I think they probably got, got a fee from the office. Uh, and, and I think maybe um, we had to give Gene or Nelson a, you know, a, a little small cut of our pay, right? 10% when we went to New York. When we first, uh, I think the office and NWA was paying them because they they, they created the school and there was a new talent re- revenue stream, you know, young talent coming in. They guaranteed these guys. When we went to WWF, he said, I made the bookings, so we were going to pay 10%. We're like, all right, you know, yeah. we're young. We're going to be WWF. But Lanny Poffo got hurt, and they had to take him. He was out for a while, and they put me in his place. And they asked me if I would do that when we were on a television tape. And so I assumed that I created that. They, they approached me, so that's my money. When I went back to Mooresville, Nelson's like, I get 10% of all that. It was like two weeks straight of house shows. And you talk about an exponential increase in income. I was like, I'm not giving you 10% of nothing. He goes, I got that. I got you in the, the door. And I I sat down and reconciled him. I said, you're right. And, you know, Without you, I wouldn't have been there. But, um, but that's just how business works. But, yeah, that was – and that – catapulted me higher up in the WWF. But going back to NWA, Dave mentioned Jim Crockett. I mean, uh, Jim Cornette. He put me on the radar, man. I was just some goofball, but he, he came up with that goofy song, Tommy Angel. <laughs> and every time I'd, he'd, he'd wear me out with that tennis racket, but every yeah. every arena I went to after that, everybody sang that song. So I, I, have to, I would give him 10% of all my money because he gave me street cred. You got One second. Yeah, Tommy, you... You clearly hit the gas, right? I mean, I think you mentioned it, and you had a body. You were like a brick shit house, if I could say it. Yeah. There we go. Wait, he's still hitting the gas. Yeah, you ain't kidding. I, wait a second. So I guess that kind of answers the question. <laughs> he's, he's, got like gas. he's not hitting gas. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on human growth hormones in general? 
Well, for for us, I mean, that's that was the joke back in the day. Is I mean, we could afford the steroids, the synthetic uh, drugs to enhance your body, and you would not get in the business without them. Period. There you go. That's some uh, equipoise and Winstrol V right there. <laughs> muscles have muscles. But, but the huge growth, the human growth hormone is actually safer than synthetic because it's derived from human cadavers right. and it's undetectable. At least back then it wasn't. So, but right. it costs exponentially more than we could ever afford. But it's safer for your body. It's still not good to do it long term. But that's and it's it, when I was in the wrestling business, it made me realize that all sports are using it. I know how to recognize it because I know what it does to your body. And people say, oh, I'm not using it. Like, you're a liar. You know, as you guys are telling us, you know, your favorite matches and all the guys you worked with, I'm hearing all these incredible legends. But what is kind of sad is there's a lot of these guys you're mentioning are gone. Do you, yeah. do you feel fortunate or surprised that you were able to avoid the traps that some of these traps take a lot of your friends out i mean any if thoughts on first, that Dave? yes uh that was i only stayed in the business for eight years i re- i retired at 31 uh, 1994 my father committed suicide me and him were never close and uh we finally got close at at 93 and he always was against it and the but all the guys that had died in the business though the mentality is oh, it's not going to happen to me and you'd be like, you're on the road, and all of a sudden, so-and-so's not there. Like, what happened? Oh, he, he's, he's dead. He passed out. He passed away in a hotel room. You're like, it started weighing on my heart. I'm like, dude, this is, what are you doing with your lives? You're making all this money, and you're caught up in all the drugs, sex, and all that stuff. And it just, you know, and when my father passed away, that's when I decided to get out. I just, you know, I don't want to be a statistic. So at 31... I reinvented myself, and I got into the radio business. It got into the broadcasting like you fellas. There you go. Nice. Dave, how about you? Yeah, same here. Um, you know, I, I think a couple of um, – you know, I mentioned the Australia tour a few minutes ago uh, that Sal and uh, Rob Russell took me on. I, I became very close with um, uh, James Harris, who you, know, who you guys probably remember as Kamala. Um, you know, he, he and I were extremely close, contacted each other on a very regular basis. You know, when he got the diabetes and things of that sort and, you know, lost his legs and, um, you know, it just crushed me. That that relationship crushed, crushed me. You know, I remember a guy like, um, you know, Big Boss Man, Ray Trailer. you know, his death, um, you, you know, cr- crushed me a- extremely hard. So, yeah, there were there were quite a few guys around me at the time. You, you know, uh, another guy that was in camp with us, a guy named Jammin' Mitch Snow, who worked up in the AWA a little bit um, early on. You know, he committed suicide, you know, um, uh, after he got out of the wrestling business. So, you know, Tommy and I were, were, were just very fortunate, very blessed that we had something else to do uh, besides wrestling. Uh, we, you know, as Tommy said, we reinvented ourselves and, and tried something else. But it's still hard today. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that I've got the relationships now that I have, you know, with some of the guys, you know, like, like a Stan Hansen, like, like Tommy, you know, Rick Steamboat, Sal, um, you know, Gene Ligon, or Gary Royal. Um, you know, those are the guys that I keep in touch with on a very regular basis. Um, you know, so it's, you know, I'm very fortunate and blessed to still have those relationships. All right, guys, I don't know if I'm being set up here, so I'm going to ask you a question. It's to both of you. Uh, referee Phil says, please ask Tommy and David both, is there any truth to the rumor of Trent Knight possibly beating Ric Flair for the NWA title in 1988? I have no idea... What this is about, but 
What is this? You, you, Trent Knight was a that guy was a character. He's in the construction business, and he was the guy that was so full of himself. He'd walk into a bar, all of us together, and he'd see two girls, and he, he had this rough, gruff. He'd always have dip in his mouth. Which one of you chicks is digging me the most? Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! And he's about a buck buck ninety, soaking wet. So there's no way he'd beat Ric Flair. <laughs> All right. You, death, you know, and, 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 even, and he shot. <laughs> and even to this day, when I see the Nasty Boys, um, you know Trent probably doesn't. You know, I remember Trent's last match in Spartanburg. He came off South Carolina. He came off the top rope, and when he landed. He had a compound fracture, um, and, and I, I don't—I don't remember who he was working with, but I think that's the last last match that he ever had. And to this day, whenever I run into the Nasty Boys, that's one of the first things they say is, "Where's Trent Knight?" Because they knew what kind of a character he was. And if I'm not mistaken, Trent may have been there that night when that whole thing went down between Shamrock and the Nasty Boys over at the hotel oh, really? or in the bar over there at Plum Crazy. You know, I think Trent may have been there that night. Hey, David, you, you spoke about your relationship with James Harris. I want to kind of bring it back there. Yeah. Um, you know, f- for the fans, we, we all heard the stories about James feeling that he was ripped off during his time when he was a main yeah. event with Hogan. And, yeah. you know, we had Lonnie Poffo, God rest his soul, on here, and he spoke about it. Um, what was your feelings for James? Did you think James was right in what he was saying, or did you just think that – no, I, 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 I believe, you know, if, if I'm – I may be on the fence about somebody. James, I'm not on the fence about whatsoever. If he if – he, he, he told me that story many, many times. Um, you know, he, he – he, and, and if, he, if James said it, I, I believe it. Fair enough. How about you know, your pen, guys? I'd like to say, you know, you know I, I hope that someday, you know, you know I, I mentioned Stan Hansen a minute ago. Yeah. You know, real, real quick about that. Um, you know, Stan talks about it in his book. Um, you know, but when we um, went to Japan, uh, Baba was looking for some talent um, over in uh, for all Japan. And I was, you know, Sal Corinti had booked a, a tour over to Bermuda. I was sitting on the beach with the junkyard dog. And he said, hey, kid, I loved your work. Have you ever thought about going to Japan? And I said, dog, I, I don't know how to get over there. He said, you call Stan Hansen, send him some pictures and a tape. And you tell him that I recommended you. Well, four or five months went by. Uh, Stan finally called me and, um, and said, "Hey, look, I need some guys to go to you know go to you know go to Japan. Have you got a couple other guys you can bring along with you or at another time?" So naturally, I mentioned uh, Tommy and another guy named uh, Ricky Nelson, and uh, you know, and, and even to this day, uh, I'm so very blessed you know with the relationship that I have with Stan Hansen. Um, I talk to Stan at least once a week, probably text two or three times a week. Uh, and going to be spending some time with him, um, you know, November um, up at a little match. He's going to – not a match, but a signing he's going to be doing. Luckily through work, I was coming back from the West Coast uh, about, you know, two or three months ago. was able to stop through o- over in uh, Grand Junction, Colorado, and spend a few days with him and his wife. So very, very blessed and very thankful that I still have a relationship with Stan. How did you guys find Japan when you got there? Culture shock? Was it an easy adjust, adjustment? I mean, more physical? What do you say? Oh, de- definitely more physical. Oh my God! I mean, I I, I earned every Party bit of that money that I, that I I fought tooth and nail. I'll let Tommy tell tell his story, but I I know that um, I fought tooth and nail over there. Yeah, then when Nelson said, "Forget about all the muscles, start doing 
squats and doing uh, all your cardio training because them matches over there 30, 40 minutes long, and those guys were for real. And you you better be ready to go. I had a tag with Danny Spivey. We did a lot of stuff with the Fantastics against Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and uh, Terry Gordy. But, man, I'll tell you, what a blessing that was. It was, a, it was a culture shock because most we didn't speak anything, but the, the guys led us around, t- took us to restaurants, and showed us, you know, how to order yeah. what to eat. Took us to the Playboy Club and, you know. It sounds like you guys were both, there. like, you know, glad you had the experience, but were you happy to come back home? Um, I, oh, yeah, I know, you know, I know that I was at that particular time. Um, I had been there already. I was over there for the Champion Carnival Tour in 92, and um, um, I know that Stan came up to me and said, hey, look, can you stay an extra three or four days and they'll take care of you? They got a couple of shows that you know that they want you to stay for. Can you do it? I said I'll stay. I'll stay as long as you want me to. Um, and, and I know on that tour, you know, like Tommy said, you know, you know Johnny Ace, and who I knew from back here, and Stan and Abdullah, they took me out to eat with a lot of the sponsors over there in Japan. So I really didn't even have to spend a lot of my own money. I had enough money when I came back home to put my first down payment on my home. So I was I was extremely happy. You know, happy with that. Wow, yeah, that was the biggest payday we ever seen. Yeah, wow, nice. absolutely nice. So, look, I'm I'm gonna assume maybe you guys got married at the time, whatever. So we're gonna say pre-marriage days or pre-relationship yeah. days. What were the ring rats like with you guys traveling around? Was it out of control? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I there was never a there was never a shortage. I mean, if you um, you know, I remember I, I never. I, I remember her. I see, I can still see her face, but you know, there was one rat, you know, who always came around to the shows and they called her old reliable. Um, old reliable. That's Tommy Hendricks from the forties Yankees. What do you mean? Old reliable. Well, actually, I know what you mean. Never mind. Um, I, I never had the, um, I never had the privilege, but you know, when Tommy and I, you know, we, you know, this is great. Yeah. We, um, we, there was never a shortage, you know, whether we went to the strip bars or whether we went to, to, to plum crazy or, Whispers or some of the other well-known clubs in Charlotte, there was never a shortage of girls. So well, which let me one ask of you, girls is to, into me first? Back to, back to uh, old yeah, reliable. Yeah. Was she good-looking? No. She was reliable. <laughs> she was just, just reliable. Just leave it at that. She was reliable. So right. she had a foot on her face. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dig the them toes. The expression yeah. was, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Nice. Because she followed me. She figured out where I lived. This one chick did. And I had to Uh-oh. call the police and they had to keep her away. One day I came off the road and she was sitting on my front porch. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> would you, would you name her old deniable? I mean, what are we talking here? Oh my God. What is she doing her on face your porch? Clock. Oh my God. All right. God. So, but not you guys. <laughs> But was there ever a case where one of the other wrestlers fell in love with a ring rat? Oh yeah. Do you have a story? Oh, gosh, yeah. Who's that chick that was the valet for? Um, she went from. She ended up marrying Dustin Rose, but she was she was. Oh, that's Terry she Runnels. Was passed around yeah. by all the top yeah. guys in Atlanta. New Jack yeah, she was the uh, the makeup artist oh, down yeah. at WTBS when we were down there. What and was what was her, her nickname? Was her Old Reliable. Name? You, you know, I, I don't really remember, um, you know, but that that's one case that I can think of. Kind she of, was that you chick, know, that she was, Mike Rotundo had her. She was like the secretary. She dressed up yeah. in a business yeah. suit. Right. Yeah. I, I remember coming out of the shower one time down at WTBS. 
I was walking this way. Kevin Sullivan was coming this way. Missy Hyatt was sitting down at the oh, other end of the, the other end of the hallway. As I was walking by, Kevin yanks off my towel and drops it on the floor. And Missy, and I, and I'm just standing there, you know, Hello. butt naked, and, and Missy just <laughs> down there at the end of the hall. And, and and I remember somebody, you know, hollering at me, "Hey, brother, don't expose the business." <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, Rick, Ricky Morton also said, "Call the police. There's a thief in here." And everybody's looking around. He goes, "Why?" He goes, "Somebody stole that man's dick." You know, they, oh they, Ricky Morton would be going, thief, thief, thief. And we're all looking around at our stuff. He said, somebody stole that man's pecker over here. Oh all right, well, let me ask you this question. So when Morton and Gibson were in here, Morton's telling me or telling us that Gibson had the size of like, it's a like jump an rope. anaconda, right? It's like a jump rope. Is that What's true? Going on? Yeah. yeah, That's a shoot, a that's a shoot man. Um, they, they called him like the human tripod. Wow. <laughs> The third leg. <laughs> and, and, and look, wow. I'll tell you another guy that they, they talked about a lot was, um, you know, God rest his soul, is uh, is Rocky King. Rocky King. Wow. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So part of them got in the room before the rest of them. Very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned Missy Hyatt. How was Missy Hyatt? Was she cool around the locker room? Yeah. I, I mean, you, you know, that that's the thing is, you know, the, the, the girls, the valets, they all had, you know, separate separate locker rooms and separate areas where, where they dressed and where we dressed. You, you know, they, they were always extremely cool. You know, Nicola Roberts, who is still a, you know, a very good friend of mine, um, she was always very cool, uh, still is to this day. Um, you know, I, you know, we, we message each, you know, each other occasionally here and there, uh, you know, but uh, she was always extremely cool. Matter of fact, she was part of my, my first wrestling match that I ever had when I was tagging with um, – I think Lawrence Stevens against, uh, you know, uh, Midnight's uh, Bobby and uh, Dennis with uh, Cornette was over at the table with Shivani. Baby Doll was down here on the on the coin at the corner and Big Bubba Rogers was right beside her. Wow. All right, guys, weigh in. What's the difference between Vince McMahon and Jim Crockett? Oh, Tommy. Well, the back then. The NWA in that, that era, we're, we're as a blessing. It was all, we kind of Forrest Gumped our way into the business. It was at the height it ever was. I don't think it's ever been back. It was because of the the, the culture, the, the booking. Dusty Rhodes had the mind to create all this hype. But Vince McMahon was the showman, the, the Ringling Brothers, Barnum & Bailey Circus, big, big time. So, um, I mean, there's... Each had its own, but I, you know that he, they created the first um, WrestleMania. Going into that, I remember just because we were on the payroll, we got a, a check with a portion of that. We we called the office like we got a check for what we weren't even there. They're like no, Miss McMahon wanted to thank everybody in the company because without everybody, this wouldn't have happened. Um, so there's there's good from both, but if looking back now, you can see why the NWA turned into a dumpster fire and currently the WWE is kind of in a similar situation. Dave? You know, and, and I think from kind of what Tommy just said, you know, the fact that, you know, just, just the marketing, I, I don't think Jim Crockett really knew how to market properly. You know, he started getting into the shirts and, you know, wrestling cards and things like that. But Vince, you know, just, just took it to a whole, whole different level. The operation behind the scenes which most people never see, you, you just can't believe how professionally, you know, that, that, that outfit is run. 
Now we know why he never sleeps, Mr. McMahon. We always hear the there stories. You go. That there he you never go. sleeps. He's always looking to improve it and, and grow it and expand it. Absolutely. So obviously you guys have been everywhere. How about some Puerto Rico stories? Anything about Puerto Rico you could tell us? You guys were there or no? I, I, I never made it to Puerto Rico. You know, I, I just always heard, you know, from some of the other guys how, how rough it was down there as far as, you know, the fans. I mean, I know, you know, you, know, you talked about Sal Corinti a few minutes ago. I'm sure he, he's got some Puerto Rican story, Puerto Rico stories. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, with the, with the death of Brody over there, I, I know that Stan uh, Hansen still, even to this day, he still, you know, never forgets when Brody was, um, you know, was killed. And um, um, I, I know he's still extremely hurt. Uh, I, I don't think Stan will ever get over that. Tommy, any uh, thoughts I never on made uh, Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico either? No, I never, I never went there, but I did Dominican Republic. In 94, that was my last matches was that week, and I was working Hacksaw Duggan that week. And the country was under martial law back then, which means mm-hmm. that the military's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I just remember going down there, and my heart wasn't in it. You know, I just found out my father had passed away, but it was just it's a different culture down there. But those fans down there are rabid, but nothing like Puerto Rico. We have plenty of friends that did wrestle down there and told us the stories, and, you know, it was – an experience you never forget. I wish I, I would have, but um, Dominican Republic is the furthest south I've ever went. Okay. When when you look back at your pro wrestling careers, is there any regrets? No, I, I, I don't think so. I, I think I can probably speak for Tommy as well because, you know, even though we didn't, you know, we didn't make the millions of dollars like a lot of the guys did, we made – we made some good income, you know, for a while. I got to see a lot of places that we that we never would have had an opportunity to see. You know, J- Japan, Australia, you know, Bermuda, um, and just the relationships. I mean, you can't put a price on that. So no, I mean, do I ache every morning I, I wake up? Absolutely. Um, you, you know, but um, I, I it's the life I chose, and um, um, I, I would do it all over again. Well, if I could speak for the Pharaoh as a wrestling fan, we want to thank you for what you've done for the industry. I mean, without guys like yourselves, you know, the sport just wouldn't have been the well, same. Stars can't whatever. be made. Yeah. Stars that's, can't that's, be that's made without their role. It's imperative. Unbelievable. Yeah, um, I, I, again, I don't think, you know, you, you see a lot of, you know, and I don't, I don't follow a lot of the wrestling today, um, you know, but I see a lot of the comments some of the younger generation makes about, you know, this guy's a job guy, that guy's a, you know, a job guy, mm. you know, but if you ask a good hand about an underneath guy or an enhancement talent, you just don't really have an idea how they, like, like a George South, you know, who, who put, who put guys over all his life. Mm-hmm. You just don't know how critical they are to, to that match because you've got a top guy out there who's trying to make money. Right. And, they, you just don't have an idea because if they go out there and you've got an underneath guy who's just flopping around like a dead fish, there, there's no there's no contest to that. So the, a good a good a good enhancement talent like like a Barry Horowitz back in the day, you know, you, you know, like like an Iron Mike Sharp, um, you know, th- those are the guys that I that I remember. You you can't put a price on what they meant to the business. Agreed. Here's one thing I do not, don't agree on. How come they didn't push the Thunderfoot's father? Well, <laughs> you know, that's a great question. What I will say is Joel Deaton, um, 
you know, Joel Deaton did a great job. Dusty came up with that with that gimmick for Dusty, uh, excuse me, for uh, Joel Deaton and Gene Ligon. Um, you know, I don't know what happened to Joel um, a- after why he couldn't, you know, be one of the Thunderfoots. But, you know, they invited me in to be, you know, be one of the Thunderfoots in 1991. Um, you know, I don't know. Gene and I, you know, we, we Gene and I were, were a great team together. We, we had, you know, great synergy together. We got great heat together. Um, you know, there were quite a few times, you know, that I, I told Gene, that, you know, I'm, I'm not sure we're going to make it out of here alive tonight if, we, if one of us doesn't get cut or shot. Uh, that that's the kind of heat we were able to draw wow. back in the day, but you know I, I don't think now they're looking for you know for real heat anymore. Um, I, I don't think they could draw heat now if you brought a flamethrower in there. Agreed. All right, guys, um, going to hit you with something called the Pharaoh's final question. Uh oh. I don't yeah. know what he's going to ask you. Lately, sure. it's been about the New York Jets, so I don't know if it's going to be a Jet question. <laughs> they're in the Hall of Fame game tonight. Who's winning right now? Who is? Tell me. I don't have a TV. I'm tuning into you guys. You tell oh me. My well, I heard the Jets were up like 13 nothing, but that was a while ago. And with the Jets, that could be reversed in a, in a nanosecond. So who really knows? Plus, Aaron's not playing, so. J-E-T-S-S. All right. Jets, Jets, Jets. This is great. Please, no Super Bowl talk. No, 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 no. I'm guessing I, you're the Giants and he's the no, Jets. I, no, I'm no, a huge Jets Jet fan. We're both Jets. But I'm so yeah. scarred, I he's, don't even want to talk about it. He has them not even making the playoffs this year. I can't even work with this guy. It's out of control. Hey, Aaron Rodgers is here. We're going to miss the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. What do you guys think about Aaron? I'm thrilled. I'm at, how could I not be thrilled? I've been Absolutely. watching garbage outside of – look, I saw Joe Namath when I was a little boy, and basically right. ever since then, I've been waiting. Right. One and guy after way, another. I, they suck. It's, 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 I can't, half a century I've lost my mind. You see it's what he started? Happen. You see what you started? I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch the first game with Old Reliable. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, as long as Old Deniable's not out in the backyard because she was a problem. Right, Pharaoh's final question. All right, let's hit it. Okay, guys. Make it a ha- good one. I think this is a good one. Jets are winning 16-14. Oh, jeez. Wow. They were up 13 nothing. This is typical. Okay. You guys have a shot. We're going we're gonna to play uh, What If, like your favorite Marvel comic, What If. You guys have a shot. Promoter comes to you, says, you're in the main event tonight, okay? Each one of you wants you to day? answer this. You're current in the main event tonight. The promoter comes to each one of you, says you're in the main event. Maybe you're in one town, Tommy's in the other, whatever. I want you to name for me your dream opponent that you never got to work with. For the main event, how about you, Dave? What do you say? That's a great question. Um, you know, probably I would have to say, uh, you know, I would have to say probably a couple of guys. Um, you know, you I never one. really you only got, got one. I never really got to have Tommy. You only got one. Tommy's pointing out. You only got one. Make oh, it only count. Got one. Okay. Only got one. I probably would say I probably would like to have a match with Dusty Rhodes. Nice. Wow. Nice. Why? For many reasons, I'm sure, but why Why for yeah, you? I, I think Dusty was just so over at the time down there uh, in the Carolinas. You know, I was fortunate enough in my last match, um, Sal Carinti set it up where I could, you know, go out and I could take the, you know, the one bionic elbow from him, and I sold that. At, you know, I did a run-in with him and Terry Funk. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but as far as having a match, I, I probably would say Dusty Rhodes. He was just so – you just can't imagine how over he was down here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
How about you, Tommy? Who's your dream guy? You got one guy to pick from for a main event that you haven't worked with. Well, I did a TV match with Flair, and that's not really counting as working with because it was chops and I was out. But I would like to do a main event with him, like Steamboat, you know, go 40 minutes because or, – or Steamboat, either one. I'm going to – I just got chastised for – Yeah, wait a minute. Pick one. You got one. Okay. Flair, because he's a heel, and because the, 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 what intrigued me is when Ricky Steamboat talked about working that main event with Flair, he said he didn't know the finish. But before they started the match, he didn't know it until about the last minute. That's wow. how Flair worked, and you mm-hmm. had to be engaged to match the whole time. Wow. Good versus evil. I, that, that's a, a mental challenge that I would I would love to have, and I'm trying to understand the makeup of his this guy and his heel mentality. Because to be able to go up into a match and say, "All right, let's go," sixty minutes and not know the finish, wow. and to keep the, the crowd engaged that whole time. That's pretty incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you both to speak for Steamboat here. Yeah. If I was to say, which match did Steamboat find closer to his heart? WrestleMania three against Randy Savage or the trilogy Chi-Town Rumble with Flair? You know, that's that's a great question. You know, and I, I just had lunch with Ricky um, you know, back at the end of February for his birthday up in the up in Knoxville, Tennessee, where he's living now. Um, you, you know, he's very fond of, of both matches. But if I if I had to pick one, I probably would say his match with Flair. Mm-hmm. Not surprised. He's picking between bacon and eggs either way. He That's wins right. either way. I want to thank Sal Corrente for introducing me to both you gentlemen. We'd yeah, love to have you come back on. I know there's a million more to. stories. Huge fans of both of you guys. I want to thank you for taking the jo- time to join us on Monty and the Pharaoh. Thank you, guys. And uh, thank you again for what you've done for the wrestling industry. Uh, I can't say it enough times. Thank you. We appreciate it. Go Jets! Yeah! Oh, hey, can we get a J-E-T-S? You ready? J-E-T-S. Come on. Here we go. Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> J-E-T-S. Mike, where's your chance? Anyway. Thank, thank you, guys. You guys All were right, great. Guys, thank have you. Have us back. We'd love to come thank back. You. Absolutely. Well, they were fantastic. The young son heroes that made the we stars. We got a Jets fan. You didn't tell me he's a big Jets fan. That's fantastic. Who knew? I feel bad <laughs> for him. I feel bad for Russ. We're no, Jets fans. No, you understand something. What? Tommy, like many of us Jet fans, yeah. are very excited for what could happen this season. You're not excited. No, I am. You don't have them making the playoffs. How excited because my could partner you be? I didn't say anything. I have to not push said the Jets. That. And we know what happens with this. What? I'm not responsible for 50 you, years of you, sucking. You are. No, I'm not. You're out of your mind. Remember when we Will were little kids? Will you take responsibility for this season? Remember when we were little Will kids? We take... didn't know each other, and I told you I told you not to trade John Riggins, and you traded him anyway. Don't you remember that? I'm going to ask you this question. I go won't be serious. Ahead. Will go you ahead. take responsibility for this season if it does not go the right no, way? No, I have and nothing to do with it. if it goes the right way, give you responsibility. No, I have nothing to do with it. I'm just a schnook fan. I've got nothing to do with it. I have nothing to do with it, Mike. I think I do notice. It's you really insane that you think I have something to do with it. You need help. Well, I will tell you that yeah, I ahead. sat here and you were sitting on that table. Yeah. And you were saying, Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup, 
Rangers winning this and I was like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, we're they got the great. And you like were like, that. "Oh, we're going, dude! They're going. We're going to start. It's a guarantee. We're there." But just because they took a big fat dump and fired the coach, it's got nothing to do with my optimism. What is your problem? And where were you in 1994 when I knew Messier was going to win the Stanley Cup? I was around. You were nowhere to be I found. Never confirm You're like, "Oh, Farrell sounds I, I, right. I'm going the other way." I confirm and deny. Uh, that's I do rough, remember man. The, I do remember the night though that I believe. It was WrestleMania you 6. You love making me look bad. It was WrestleMania 6. You can keep trying. And it ain't going to work, but go ahead. I guarantee Hulk Hogan's winning this main event. You weren't even around, first of all. You're a liar. You were still in the effing army. You're just getting out of it. You're a liar. And I was the only idiot in the room rooting for Hogan while they all cheered Warrior. And I said, he's not the future of the business. Hogan still is. I once had. So like, I was right. I right, once had $5,000 right. and I called oh, Farrow. No. I said, do? who's he's winning? Lying. Tyson or Buster Douglas? You've never had $5,000. Put it all down on Tyson. On said. Buster Douglas? No, you said put it all on Tyson. <laughs> your, dude, that was a horror. You know what's funny? You know you're lying through your teeth. I remember watching that fight live just horrified. I'm like, Mike. Dude, I was jumping up and down. I was going crazy, dude. Why? I was. I was you were glad Tyson oh, was getting him. beaten I hated up? Tyson. hated him. Did you really? Oh, so my God. So feels like a hero to you. Oh, well, you got to understand. Well, he's not headbutting Mike repeatedly. No, you got to understand. I yeah. sat there like, became, became a huge Trevor Burbick fan. What a crush. Bum. Uh, who was the dude from Canada? He was huge. God, I can't remember his name. I'll remember Razor next... Ruddock? Yes. Man, you're great. Tyson busted but his... But, dude, I was like... Those two Razor fights, Ruddick, by the way. Please. By the way, those two fights were fantastic. They were. Tyson and Ruddick. But, but... He I was, was like, like a foot taller than Tyson. I know. And I was like, no one's ever going to beat this What did you think of Riddick Bowe? You must have liked him. Oh, I loved a Riddick Bowe. Dude. But I will tell you that... When Douglas shocked the world. Oh, it was unbelievable. Oh, my God. Yeah, but nobody knew his father had just passed. Tyson was a dead man. No, Tyson, you know, we all know the story. Tyson wasn't even training. I know. What was that all about? But I will tell you this. I, for the longest time, I kept saying, wait till Holyfield comes to heavyweight, because he was like a light Oh, Holyfield was a machine. And I just... You just you know knew Holyfield, that was the guy who Holyfield's had Holyfield's almost number. like the Bob Backlund, Kurt Angle yes. of boxers. Yes. The guy was You're a right. machine. He'd point you, you to death. You just knew he was Break do you it. down and take you out. Talking about our guest. Yeah, go um, ahead. Two, two incredible guests. Fantastic. I want to again thank Sal Carante. Dude, I told you, man. I, told, I had a feeling that they were going to be good. They're, they're, they're you know? unbelievable stories. Fantastic. Um, both really great guys. And uh, it, just, it just it builds up my appreciation even further for the... Talent enhancement. I hate all these sure. fancy terms. The guys who were a good hand. The guys who work so hard to make other guys stars. Listen, I've got fond, it just grows in respect I have over fonder the years. memories of Johnny Rods, Jim uh, Mc, uh, Jose Estrada, uh, Rick McGraw, Rick McGraw. Uh, I don't consider him a full the Monkey jobber, though, Brothers. Okay. Yes. You know, like yes, like I Dude, remember Steve King, Steve pushing King, away at the gun, Big Bob, getting Bradley. nowhere. Hey, you know. Bob big, Bradley. Big Ron Shaw. Big Ron Shaw was great. You know what I mean? He's I mean, great. That's a great job. He was I fantastic. remember some of those those matches more yes. than I remember. Dude. Absolutely. All right. I, we're going to get out of here, Abe. I'm sorry. But here's, here's yeah, the he's thing. Yeah, he's getting ready to what throw match something at us. Is that a you, pizza pie? What, what match do you remember the most from back then in an enhancement match? From talent enhancement? Yeah, the, the one that sticks. I want to see if you got that memory that sticks. Because I know Pete when I Dory. say it, you're going to. Knew it. 
George the Steele. arm. He that, ripped his arm off. That I mean, the thing was hanging the other way. Alexa we were screaming. Alexa blistered it years later. You and I saw it together. We I were screaming. I think that's when both of our hair started falling out. You started right. early. You're right. I was like, what the fuck? See, oh, my God. We got, I knew it. We, we got, got what used to be called as the Willies yeah. watching that. But that I knew brutal. that would be the one. That was brutal. We were like, kept beating on him. He was, he, was he was an animal. That was oh. incredible. Yeah, oh, it was. It was. That was some great stuff. You know what was else? What else was great? The talent enhancement. Boy, did they serve a purpose in that Cobra Clutch Challenge? Because oh it God, started yeah. with the talent yes. enhancement, and then it would get a little higher on the card. Yeah. The next one would be Johnny Rods. Oh, yeah. We went from Steve King to Johnny Rods. Okay, now we've got Rick McGraw. Oh, he's almost out of it, but he's not. And then finally, Patterson. It's yeah. the way they built that. They, that, that was dude, brilliant. at the house shows, they always had them. They yes. always had them. Uh, they Rick were Martell, the, the, Tony Gurria. The talent enhancement did more traveling than the stars. Dude, they, they, were, they were like everywhere. I am telling you that WWE has not missed a lot recently. Right. They missed with Lacey Evans. They yeah. just missed it. Yeah. They could have just went that they route, dude. They should have. That would have been great. It would have been great. And you could Even use you, who's not the hugest women's fan. No, no, the Cobra Clutch Challenge. You would have tuned in for that, right. no matter what. And somewhere in there, there had to be a future female talent enhancement. James Ellsworth, have them come out and, you know, yeah, right. you might find a personality in them there, Hills. Exactly. You know what I mean? I agree. James Ellsworth, by the way, that's an amazing career when you think about it. That guy came in as talent enhancement. Well, I think, you know, think about you these know? guys, right? I mean... How many people are going to say, look, I got my hair cut off by Brutus Beefcake? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. You know, don't get any ideas. No, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, they were Thunderfoot. Those guys were cool, dude. Right. I remember. Right. Yeah, what's with your Thunderfoot? I saw it on there. I'm like, Mike with the Thunderfoot. Dude, Ding Dogs, you were Thunderfoot. The Ding Dogs. Uh, what do you call it? The, uh, <laughs> the Ding Dogs. The guys what we had on team? from Mexico. The Conquistadors. Conquistadors, yeah. 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 I mean, those were cool. That was cool yeah. shit, dude. Yeah, it was good stuff, man. That was a great interview. I hope dude, you guys like it. Went, that it could have went, went long. Um, Absolutely. Okay, don't forget, Tuesday, watch along. Marty Janetti Live. You've got Monty. you got the Pharaoh. You've got the host of ESO Creative and the after show, yes. Bruce. And you've got one half of our new show that joined the network, the Dan and Benny. Benny will be there. We'll be commenting Benny. during the show. Very cool. And maybe, just maybe. maybe just maybe. There might be a surprise running, and I'm not promising anything. A surprise running? Yeah, I'm not promising anything. I don't want my sister running in and jumping me. I'm She's not, not your sister. Okay, that's good. You got to call her first. By the I way, ain't call calling her. her. I got I got a few things to call her, but I'm not. Wednesday, sure the yeah. great Todd Gordon special yeah. show on God Wednesday. Thursday, the return of Sal Corrente. Very nice. The Bruno book. Very Sal nice. was a booker. Sal was the big cheese. He was, he's Dude, all there's over so the place. many. The, the thing that drives doesn't drive me crazy. I find so amazing. Fascinating is these people have life in wrestling that we never heard that we of. Never heard of. And they're a big star. Look, Mitch Seinfeld was in here. Same Absolutely. thing. Mitch can tell stories for hours. And then we've got talk about great mm-hmm. Barry Horowitz returns. Oh, that's fantastic. Dude, that's we're great. lined up. We're cooking. We love you guys. Thank you so much, Pharaoh. You've been watching Monty and the Pharaoh. And until next time, thank you for letting us come into your living rooms. Later.